All right, third third time's a charm. Uh, so, as I was saying, I am 29 minutes in to episode 357, uh, and I would like to formally file a complaint against one Christina Wise, uh, Esquire, the ice lady, because uh, the the facts on her story, the things that she said about me are not um, entirely... Not entirely true. Okay. Uh, regarding the veganism thing, I didn't get mad at her, and I didn't, I mean, I did get a little frustrated. But what happened is I decided that I wanted to try and cut back on meat. It's really for environmental reasons because we waste a crap ton of water, uh, just like as a society, uh, and uh, eating meat has a huge toll on the environment. So I was trying to cut back for those reasons. And right after having that conversation with her, she went and bought a whole bunch of fried chicken, which was a little like, hey, uh, what are you thinking here? But then, of course, I ate it anyway because I'm not going to waste the chicken. That would be equally as wasteful. Uh, secondly, about the um, low-carb thing, I know what a carb is, and uh, I also know how the keto diet works. Uh, and also, hey, maybe don't, like – blow up my whole thing on a podcast on the internet, Christy, because it's kind of a personal thing talking about somebody else's, like, diet choices and that kind of stuff. So, uh, you know, not everybody likes to broadcast it to you know, hundreds of people or tens of people on the uh, on the internet uh, like Luke, and apparently you like to do about me. Uh, but I know how carbs work, and I know what a carb is and does. So, thank you very much. Uh, thirdly, I know how to work a microwave. I just don't really know how long stuff is supposed to be cooked for if it doesn't have it on the box. So I can put in a time limit, and I understand how that works, but there's some stuff that I'm like, eh, I don't know how long it's going to take to boil this water. So I'm going to put 10 minutes on there, and then I'll just take a peek at it every once in a while and make sure that it gets done. But I can follow instructions. And lastly, about the pepperoni... About the pepperoni chips, uh, everybody seemed very upset that I ate them in bed. But I have to say that while I do, did, do eat them in bed, um, Christy also will text me or uh, ask me the next day, hey, how come you got up um, and went and did that thing? And I don't, like, wake up, like, set an alarm and wake up and get up at 2 in the morning. I'm up at 2 in the morning. I usually don't eat dinner. I eat lunch at, like, 4 o'clock. So, you know, 2 in the morning is dinner time. So, yeah, uh, if I got a little tummy rumbling, I'm going to go fill it up with some delicious pepperoni. Welcome aboard the slightly hungover Little Red Bandwagon, the show loosely based on the show Too Beautiful to Live. On Fridays, we do fun stuff like open the mailbag and get a little emotional, but this is a Monday, so we're here to bring you a semi-sober and serious recap of last week's TBTL shows. My name is Mike Frizzell, also known as The Jail Dude, a veteran podcaster, coming to you from the Deer Blind Studios in the Mountain Room at the Ranch in Manchac, Texas. 
surrounded by all of the pets because my wife is out of town and I have to keep the door open and there could be a lot of stuff going on in here. It's going to be fun. And joining me to help break it all down uh, from the Stick of Butter Studios in New Brighton, Minnesota, it's Anne with a plan. Lundholm, good morning, Anne. Good morning, Mike. Are you saying no loud noises on this recap? Uh, that just that alone was kind of loud. So if you want to just scale that back a <laughs> little bit. Sorry. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, do a little Cardi B. Uh, a, was it ASMR? Is that what they call it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> Give me some of that. Uh, and from the Sbarro, uh Pizza Coupon Studios, it's Meredith, the reigning MVH Van Harn. Hello, Mama Bear. Good morning, Mike. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm going to turn the lights down. We'll keep this short so you can have a nap. Um, uh, speaking of the pets, you know, uh, Meredith, you weren't here to defend yourself or, or our, our ilk um, about h- how mm-hmm. we make we make up personalities um, <laughs> mm-hmm. for our our pets. Um, Anne was very much in the camp of we're we're crazy. Well, you know we have new we have new pets now. Have you? Is there? Um, does Bear have a voice yet? Um, yeah, it's a little squeaky, silly voice. Okay. So, do, do you think he'll grow up out of that, or is that going to be his? Thing? It depends on his personality. Right now, he he's he's. So, He's so ridiculous, but he acts so serious that it's like, you know, th- this is my pillow fort. I like I own this fort, and you can't come in. That's like what he know. does is ridiculous, but it's all serious business to him. Yes. Yeah, I, I get that voice. Um, yeah, he acts like everything is is of utmost importance, and he just he looks ridiculous because he's got googly eyes. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> Wait, if you pick him up and shake him a little bit, do they just like spin around a little? They bit? rattle rattle around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, uh, Emily made up Abby's voice. I made up Ginger's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had voices for our dogs that that died. Um, Edith doesn't need one because she talks constantly. And and the bun just doesn't have a voice. He's he's stoic. Um, right. We haven't yet made up a voice for young um, William Percival Easley Jr. the third, but uh, he 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 does have his own voice at this point, and it, it he only talks to one other animal, and uh, he does it a lot, and he talks to Abby, <clears throat> and can you guess what he says? <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. that's and about that 25 means... times a day that means yeah. fuck off fuck off i hate you <laughs> leave me alone i'm going to kill you if you ever mm-hmm. fall asleep you know that it means a lot of things uh and and mostly it's uh stop making my life a hell because abby is just not having percy yet um well she wants to have him but like with some fava beans yeah yeah (laughs) right mine still haven't met it's still his his vet appointment is next week this coming week um where we'll see that he's healthy enough and get him dewormed and stuff that he can meet the others but they have had some encounters from afar and there's a lot of hissing right now Um, right mostly the other two are interested in him because he gets food at at odd hours they eat at six and six on the dot and he needs to be eating a lot more often so um, i am preparing and making and bringing food to him on the regular and they are super interested in that Um, and so they're they're kind of um they're getting more used to him you know they're 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 becoming more accustomed to him but 
um, if they encounter him in the wild, if, if um, they get into the room while I'm feeding him or something like that, there will be a lot of hissing. Um, he is totally um, deferent to them. He will slink away and, and avoid them, and oh. he doesn't want to make them angry. Um, they're just like, what, who is this imposter still? <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's good that he has that attitude. Cause, yeah. Yeah, Percy just, I mean, Abby is calorie obsessed, obviously food obsessed. So, yeah, that's a big part of it is mm-hmm. Abby's always trying to get after wherever he is because there might be some food you know, sticking around, but he's older than bear and, and he'll be, um, you know, we're pretty much getting him on a regular schedule now. So I, you know, things will get normalized. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't maintain this level of tension forever, you know, something's got to give, (laughs) right. Abby's going to have to get used to this. (laughs) Yeah. And she got used to Edith and they're, they're fine. And, and, and she'll get used to Percy, but, um, so there's, there's the pet update. Um, can I clarify my position? Sure. A little oh bit? yeah. Defend because yourself. I, defend yourself. Yeah. I realized that last on the last recap or whatever, I did refer to you all as nut burgers and that may have <laughs> lacked nuance a little bit. I mean, I don't disagree. What I mean by this is I'm totally in support of animals having voices and, uh, conversations with each other and Mike you pointed out that that's part of the fun of having a pet I I embrace that I love the fact that dearly departed Stephen was a bus driver I mm-hmm. think that's like one of the best things ever mm-hmm. but my objection is to people who don't seem to realize that uh, animals do not have people thoughts or people emotions Mm-hmm. Because they have animal thoughts and animal emotions. But, you know, saying that your cat is, I, I don't know, getting revenge for something or that your dog is ashamed of something, that's a people mm-hmm. emotion. And that's different. Yeah. It's hard to, it's it's hard when you're a pet owner to keep that in mind because it really does seem like sometimes that they are. Like, right. I had a cat who would um, revenge pee on things. <laughs> Years ago, and my vet was like, he's not revenge. They don't have that depth of thought. It's just not true. And I'm like, well, but every time something is upset a little bit in his mm-hmm. life, he pees in my gym bag. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know how this, it just totally fits. And she's like, no, I know it seems that way, but it's just not. So it's just, it's 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 tough to keep that in mind, especially because we love them right. so much. And we want to try to make their experience a positive one and the only way we can do that is through the lens of our own human experience right uh-huh. so it's just really tough to keep that in mind like i know they don't actually have these thoughts they're usually just thinking probably food 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 poop right <laughs> back but. in back in the day we had a uh, cat uh, my ex-wife and i had had a couple cats and one of them didn't care for her and uh he would uh go to her like makeup table where her you know it smelled like her perfumes and all this bs and he would spray that motherfucker down mm-hmm. on a regular basis gross <laughs> right <laughs> so so i mean that that was kind of a direct corollary <laughs> he he didn't go to my my gym bag and spray that he went to her makeup table and, and right. sprayed that but uh if if abby didn't have a voice I probably wouldn't know what was going on with Emily about 95% of the time. <laughs> You're saying she's more of a vessel. Yeah, it's an important communication tool between us. And and Abby is really unkind to, to Emily. 
a, a lot of times. She 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 calls her. You know, she says terrible things about Emily, Aww. and it it just reveals that uh, you know when Emily's not feeling very good about herself. So it kind of gives me a clue that I need to to be nice, you know, Aww. and make things better. But uh, I'm I'm glad we got a chance to talk some pets because this is the the pet week on TBTL nominally. Sure, nominally. <laughs> Four to five minutes of pet talk. <laughs> In three days worth of pet shows. Yep. Yeah, yeah it's amazing. pretty great. Well, we'll get to that. Uh, but first, we have uh, LRB Business. We'll have some um, takes on the recap. We'll keep some house and then let you know how to get involved. Uh, I assume Anne is in charge of business because she's always in charge of business. Mm-hmm. I put on the run sheet to discuss the uh, last Friday show, and then I realized I don't actually remember what happened on the last Friday show because <laughs> it was like three days ago. But, we oh, we talked about – I'm serious. So I can't remember what we did. Uh, we <laughs> talked about podcast sponsors and other sponsorship companies that we've heard of, that we've tried, how we felt about that. Um, as you heard at the top of the show, we did get some feedback on some of the statements that Christy made. Uh, somebody in the LRB family is feeling a little bit possibly attacked. Maybe like their personal <laughs> business got aired a little bit. Mm-hmm. Rude. <laughs> he knows what carbs are and do. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think we Emily and I laughed about that one for about 10 minutes. It's just so great. Jeremy, as your attorney, I back you 100% on this. I mean, um, our spouses have a completely different version of the things that we do. You're a quirky guy, you know, and you have an odd schedule. And, but she has her own interpretation of how that's presented to her in her life. Like mm-hmm. she thinks you're getting out of bed to fry some bologna or something <laughs> it's uh it sounds like that was pretty far from the truth and uh and i believe you so and i usually don't back jeremy i'm usually in, in christy's corner but the one thing that um perked my ears that i am a little worried about for jeremy is that uh he said he just doesn't he doesn't know how long some things take to cook. So sometimes he just puts extra time <laughs> right. in the microwave. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's fine. That's fine. Some, it takes a little more, a different, little less time, different wattages, as we've learned on different microwaves. But if you're going to boil some water and you set it for 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. <laughs> I think you're overestimating a little bit, bud. The, 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 the kitchen is nice and humid now, uh, <laughs> but the water is, uh, it's gone. I have, I maybe have told this story on the show before, but Duff didn't grow up with microwaves. His mom thought that they were, you know, mind control uh, devices or something. Well, they are. Or that they would give you cancer. Um, And so he wanted to make uh, uh, nachos in the microwave one time. And I came downstairs and it was just black smoke coming. And he had realized, he walked away. He said it for six minutes. No, it's about 35 to 45 seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Poor guy. Yep. Although, I mean, you do wonder about people given office microwave behavior. And we had a, a fire alarm once where someone meant to set their burrito for two minutes and accidentally hit an extra zero and set it for 20 minutes. Oh, no. And then, like, went away and forgot about it and forgot yeah, to come that's back. The, yeah, that's, that's the, the messed thing. up part. There are signs all over ours that says, don't leave it unattended. We also have a toaster oven in our break room, Ooh. which seems just like asking for a fire. But so far, it's been okay. 
I don't know. I guess that's just natural selection in action. Yeah. If they take out the rest of you, well, too bad. Well, I'm going to take out whoever keeps making microwave popcorn in the office <laughs> once I figure out who it is. Yeah, we don't have one of those people currently. I'm very thankful. Ugh. I, I kind of like microwave popcorn, but the only time I make it is when Emily is not only out of town, but um, she's going to be out of town for a couple more days. <laughs> yeah, afterward. it takes a while for that to go. I, I'm not opposed to microwave popcorn at all. I'm opposed to it in the right. office. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And actually, I, I work at a hospital, but I work in, a, in an office building adjacent to the hospital. And if you're in the hospital, like if you're a nurse, you can't make microwave popcorn. It's, it's literally illegal. <laughs> <laughs> because pe- you know, will be made. people have like respiratory sensitivities and they're sick and you can't have like mm-hmm. burning popcorn smell wafting through the halls. We yep. just uh, had our kitchenette redone, uh, nothing fancy, but they did put a button in, like a venting button. So if you make popcorn or fish, God forbid, or broccoli, Ugh. then you push mm-hmm. the button and it like vents for 15 minutes. That's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So that was the Friday episode. More or less talked about all the different products we've tried that have been advertised on podcasts. Uh, we had a fun time. So if you great. haven't, mm-hmm. if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, go listen to the part where Christy talks about uh, Jeremy's eating habits about half an hour into the show and then go back and listen to Jeremy's voicemail again and <laughs> laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> uh, moving on to the next item in business. Um, Mike, you have been just living a crazy life. <laughs> As your uh, um, your Zencaster screen name says, you are still drunk. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> <clears throat> I really am. Um, for those of you that, that think that I can't keep a secret, I've been sitting on this one for a while. Uh, yesterday, Saturday was Hillary, um, the H bomb, Livingston Butler's birthday. Wait, and what? Yeah, I know. I don't I think mean, we heard about this. Nah, yeah. No. I, well, I've been keeping it secret. Yeah, from, you're good from at this. everyone, and uh, and so is Hillary. She's really mm-hmm. shy about it. So why didn't she mention it? I would have wished her happy birthday. So there were um, a lot of people behind this, um, not the least of which were Dave, her husband. But um, she she has a lot of friends that were into this, and um, she we threw. I don't want to say we, but I attended a surprise birthday party for Hillary at a place called Max's Wine Dive in downtown Austin. Uh, last night and it was amazing and that not only was there a um a uh photographic montage with a um a 90s soundtrack the whole the whole uh soundtrack i think i put it in our chat last night it was um music from the 90s 90s and not very very far beyond <laughs> i'm shocked shocked <laughs> there might have been some hamilton Right. Uh, soundtrack in there yeah. too but uh you know we all like to keep current with our music taste so um she she's grabbed onto hamilton but um uh she we were all there and then uh she arrived and there were masks made uh three different masks of hillary made and put on the, the these big popsicle sticks for <laughs> us to to put in front of our faces when she came in and you know they were different hillary's from different stages in her life and um you know, she came in and she was with Dave and her parents who were in town for her birthday. Because, of course, your parents come into town for your birthday. Right. Mm-hmm. Like sure. my parents always my parents did. parents definitely and do. do that. Yep. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, I got to say, 
um, Hillary was a great, I mean, she ended up like being more of a host, you know, because she wanted to touch base with everyone. So she wasn't, um, I don't think she was as much of a mess as you would, um, you would think, you know, like a party, party, party girl. I think she, she, she was behaving herself. Um, the problem is, um, I'm a cheap bastard. And when I found out it was an open bar, Oh, uh, Mike. Oh, I see. Uh, my my walking around money became tip money, and I would be an idiot if I didn't like just keep going on it. Because I, I treated myself to a lift. Emily couldn't go because she had to work all day yesterday, and then she she flew out at four this morning, so she couldn't um, she couldn't go. So treated myself to a lift and just uh, indulged or overindulged in this case. But um, that that aside, uh, most of the most of my time was um, spent with uh, Mike and Kathleen, uh, Hillary's parents, who are the best people that you'll ever want to meet. And it's no surprise that Hillary is the great person that she is, and the 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 breakout star of this <laughs> podcast uh, because they are they're the best, and they raised a, uh, a couple great daughters. I met uh, Hillary's um, sister. Uh, who who flew in as a surprise? Everyone was surprised. The parents and Hillary that she flew in. So I mean, there was surprise and glee and just wonderfulness all around. And uh, and right now I have a giant uh, mug of ice water, trying to <laughs> get myself back to normal, uh, so I don't sleep through the whole day of football. <laughs> happy birthday, Hillary! Yeah, yeah, happy awesome. birthday, Hillary. I liked the part in the chat yesterday where we pretended that we forgot about her birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lots of shrug emojis. Yeah. Lots of, hmm, what day is it today? I spent a lot of time looking for the right gift, but I couldn't find it, but uh, I was enjoying it too. Because, uh, you know, uh, Anne, I don't know about if you know about this tradition in baseball, but um, when a rookie hits his first home run, uh, he comes back to the dugout and everyone just pretends like nothing happened. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's mean. <laughs> it's a time-honored tradition. You know? <laughs> he comes back and like, high five, and everyone's like, yeah, fuck off. Well, and uh... Nothing happened. You know? So <laughs> I was looking for that, but that's uh, no one's made a gift of that, I don't think. so. Yes, well, happy birthday, Hillary. Um, we'll try to speak softly today, Mike. Oh, thank you. There is something that I'm mad about, but um, I'll, I'll try to keep a lid on my rage so so as not <laughs> to hurt thing? you too much. <laughs> yeah, well, one big thing. Um, let's move on in business. I want to mention that we have a Jam Tracker update. Uh, on the Friday show, we read a lovely email from our friend Michelle, who was expressing her appreciation for the emotional support that we were providing for her. And she followed up that wonderful letter with a little financial support for us. And so thank you very much, Michelle, for thank getting you, us Michelle. out of a couple Thanks. of jams. That was yeah. really nice. And we do have a few through your phones this week, but none for now. So as far as I'm concerned, we can get to that review. And I will kick it off with Monday, number 2754, A Whole lot of Math. Thanks, Mike. That was great. You're welcome. Uh, so the first 
a topic of importance on this day is that Luke dumped the online acupressure specialist therapist that he had the one session with. Um, but he's still really high on the idea of online therapy because he already paid the 240 bucks for the month uh, for Jeez. his all-you-can-eat therapy. That is so expensive. I know. It's, it's a lot. super expensive. I'd rather walk around damaged. <laughs> no kidding. I only go every other week and my co-pay is 25 bucks. So I'm at basically yeah. 20% of what he's spending on therapy. And Same. hopefully mine is a little more effective than what he's been getting. Uh, but he also really likes that he can cancel his sessions with absolutely no penalty because the money's already spent. He's not going to get a refund anyway. So he might as well decide five minutes before the session when the therapist has no way to book anybody else. That's that awful. He's not into it. It's yep. so rude. Yep. It's like their time doesn't matter because it's online. Yep. It's their exactly. job. Is that what thinking? You know, and they reserve like, that time for you. Oh, we're going to cancel Livewire this week, Luke, and you're not going to get paid for this one. And you, I know you did all the prep, and and I know you showed up in Portland, but I'm sorry. You know, no show, no money this week. Nope. I mean, unless you can book somebody Go else. Home. <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. God. Uh, yep. Uh, I was wondering a little further down in my notes. He talks about um. One of the reasons that he lies a lot is because he's trying to manage other people's feelings about him. And I'm like, he's so codependent. It's not even funny. He needs to get with a therapist who, I don't know, specializes in codependency, can work with him on that. But I, my therapist started talking about codependency and I was like, but I don't have any dependents. I can't be codependent. I, I mean, <laughs> right? I'm not married. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have children. I don't have pets. Nobody's dependent on me, and I'm not dependent on anybody. And she's like, just read this list of characteristics. And I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. So it's a terrible, terrible term for it. Codependent doesn't describe it very well, but... Uh, Luke's got some serious codependent tendencies and he needs to get with somebody who can help him deal with this. So that You know, I had the same thing with my therapist, Anne. She was like, this seems very codependent. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Right. And she had to, I, I actually asked her to define it for me because I was like, that doesn't make any sense to me. But she was absolutely right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it started with uh, in AA. They're talking about people who are partners of alcoholics, but mm-hmm. then it's spread to to other things i think that they should rename it but yeah it's super interesting if anybody might uh, want to read you can go to coda.org i think it's codependence anonymous but coda.org and they have a whole list of uh all the different characteristics and you might be surprised mm-hmm. at what you might have an opportunity to learn about so oh for god's sakes luke keep trying He's right. He spent the 240. Maybe he'll keep one of these appointments with somebody. (laughs) Um, But he says, why would anybody do in-person therapy if you have this great online tool? And I was like, "Uh, lots of people would. Some people just like the actual face-to-face in-person therapy. I mean, my Mm -hmm. therapist does a thing at the end of our sessions where she says, would you like a hug? And I say yes. And she hugs me. And I'm not kidding when I tell you sometimes it's the only physical contact I have with a person for weeks. Oh, right. Yeah. So that means 
a lot to me. Well, and, you know, I also thought, what if you're, what if you need to talk about your spouse who's in the house with you? <laughs> you know? Hey, <laughs> like, hey, I would hey, be, hey, like, let's, let's let me whisper this <laughs> problem to you so they don't hear me through the vents. I just, that's, yeah. I don't want to be worrying about that. Yeah, good point. Um, so moving on to one of Andrew's psychological issues, he thinks that he may be a time pessimist. We talked about time optimists and time realists last week, but Andrew's starting to think that he might be a time pessimist because on Sunday he left the Browns bar super early during the middle of the game because he was afraid he wouldn't have enough time to get to the Ravenna pop-up kitchen and do all his pop-up kitchen work, getting the tables and the chairs and getting everything set up to the point where he was actually had a, had a half hour to burn. And then he felt bad because yeah. he left the game. I know all these areas that they're talking about. I know where he lives. I know where this kitchen is. And the whole time he was talking, I'm like, dude, it's like two minutes. <laughs> it's a Sunday <laughs> morning. Mike, Seattle traffic. <laughs> you never know. It's, it's Sunday goddamn morning. If there's traffic, if something happens and there ends up being traffic on a Sunday morning, the homeless will understand. They'll say, yeah, we saw that helicopter accident too. <laughs> Well, I mean, personally, I would rather be 30 minutes early, like Andrew, than 30 minutes I'll late. I yeah. Me like too. Like Luke, yeah. I actually try to target it a little bit more precisely and get there like five minutes early. But yeah. I mean, Google Maps will tell you're time you pretty realist. closely. Yes, I, I yeah. am a time realist. Yeah. And you're right, Meredith. It's not like we don't have ways to... Mm-hmm. Um, time things a little bit more accurately Including traffic. <laughs> but Luke says he's coming around to Andrew's way of being early, I guess going early to the airport and not being freaked out about missing the plane and getting to spend time watching the game in the bar was a positive experience for him. So he's going to try to move towards that, but I'm saying, okay. And I have a yeah. bridge I'd like to sell you if you think that he's actually <laughs> sure. going to be able to do sure. that. <laughs> He'll be he'll be at the airport three hours early, not eating meat, right? <laughs> Unless it's beef broth. Yeah, that's not meat. Beef nope, broth. definitely not. Yeah, Dis- that's distilled. That that's is distilled yeah. animal killing. <laughs> you know, that's like there's marrow in that, bro. I know. Um, um, Luke says that he loves the movement towards trans acceptance. Uh, for him personally, because of the proliferation of single stall bathrooms, because now he doesn't have to go home to poop. He can poop in public and be assured of his privacy. Those bathrooms are pretty great. I think that is the takeaway that we should have from the trans <laughs> yeah. movement, Luke. Hey. Your ability whatever, for comfortable Whatever pooping. gets us to write, you know? Whatever yeah, that's gets us- true. <laughs> I just feel like he said this a few times before. I feel like it belongs yeah. in his tight five. Like, okay, we get it. Sure. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, Andrew brings up um, how you deal with the smell that you perhaps create when you're doing a number two and there are people waiting for the bathroom. Because, of course, you go out and talk to a stranger about the smells in the bathroom. This person that sure. you're, just, you've never met before leave. and you're never going to see again, you need to You explain. don't make eye contact and you walk away. The end. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Luke just plans people, to... People just have to understand that 
smells happen in the bathroom, you know? Mm -hmm. You didn't go in there to ruin someone's day. You're having right. a bad day yourself, you know? Well, Luke's plan at this point is to adopt the shaggy defense and say it wasn't me. Uh. <laughs> and uh, Andrew's like, but how does the timing work on that? Because if you're yeah. making that kind of smell, wouldn't it take too long to be able it's to like plausibly say that it was caught in bed with another else? woman, God. you know? It's not what it looks like. Well... <laughs> There is no other explanation, yeah. so it's you know it's not okay, it's terrible, but but own up to it. It happened. Yeah, you made a you made a stinky. No one's gonna call the poop police. <laughs> no, it's a toilet. It's a toilet for God's sake. That's six. what it's for. Yeah. Yep. Well, they talk about this oh way too long for mm -hmm. Anne's taste. I was thinking about you, Anne, during this Ugh. whole discussion. Like, oh, I Anne. mean, I. I am not somebody who like believes that people don't poop. It's just why we got to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, top story for the day is this Slate article that I coincidentally had read. So I felt very happy of myself that I knew what they were talking hey. about because Luke certainly didn't know what he was talking about. Um, about the, it was in one of those stories that always pops up when there's a giant uh, lottery jackpot that's going around this I mean it's not a timely story anymore since the 1.6 jackpot billion dollar jackpot has been won but uh this is an article about how you definitely should buy a lottery ticket because the expected value is higher because the price of the ticket pays the same so but the size of the jackpot goes up so your ticket is more valuable um, I don't know how you feel about this, Meredith. Expected value is a very common statistic, but I don't think it makes an awful lot of sense in this context. <laughs> it doesn't. It, I mean, it it doesn't make your odds any better. That's no. the problem. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I actually did buy a ticket um, just because I was having fun fantasizing about what I would do with one point six billion dollars. Probably it, it a lot finally less got to taxes, a life changing but... amount for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like, what would I do with that? And the more I thought about it, the more I was like. Well, I can't think about this seriously and not get a ticket. Like, you got to be in it to win it. So uh -huh. I did go get a ticket. And what I learned is I don't know what to say. I had the same anxiety that Andrew had about, right. like, what do you do when you get to the person at the ga the angry gas station attendant and there's a line behind you? What do I say? Like, yeah. one mega millions, please? <laughs> I, don't I think know that about covers it. <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know, like, if you choose your numbers or there's, like, a mega plier and there's other stuff. Like, so what I realized um, is in Michigan. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, six. Uh, you tap your, tap your uh, hand wait, on the uh, counter of see. 14. Uh, what's my birthday again? Uh, people just ready to stab you in the neck. Yeah, I don't want to get killed at a gas outside of a gas station after this. But what I realized is in Michigan, you can buy lottery tickets online. Mm. Ooh, very nice. That's so I signed up for a Michigan Lotto account, and they gave me a free $10, so I used free $10 to buy five tickets. And how, how do does do? it feel to be a billionaire? Oh, no, wait, that was South Carolina. Oh, wait, it didn't work. Bummer. Well, but I lost so not great. $10. Slate told me that, that you're going to win because it's... Your ticket is more valuable. Your ticket is worth like $2.45 or something was yeah. the conclusion they came up with. And I was like, yeah, yeah, but that doesn't actually mean anything. No, it doesn't. I stand by my note. <laughs> that the complete lottery bullshit. is bullshit? It yeah. is complete bullshit. <laughs> my mom calls it, I think I've said this before, voluntary taxes on the poor, which is not nice. Maybe voluntary taxes on the bad at math. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did say that they were starting to run out of lottery combinations because so many people had played. And given that Mm -hmm. there were 302 million different possible combinations of numbers, that's a lot of people playing the lottery. And what everyone always says, of course, is, well, somebody wins. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not going to be you. Well, and not necessarily, right? Like a bunch of people didn't win a bunch of times for it to get this high. Yeah, that's true. The one thing I learned out of this is that they don't pick a number from all the available numbers that were chosen. They just pick a number at random. I thought it was like of the pool of numbers that had been printed. Oh, because right. I'm oh, dumb oh, about oh, I the lottery. I, you know, I didn't realize that it was like, oh, maybe somebody doesn't win this time. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, well, now that it's back down to like 400 million, I have no time. Uh, who cares? No. I don't need that. <laughs> It really is fun to do a little bit of what would I do? Training. Yeah. My mom and it I is. were doing that all last night. We're like, yeah. I'd buy the Oklahoma City Thunder and move them back to Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of all the islands I would build a house on. Uh-huh. And I was like, I would really like a kitchen with a pantry to keep all my baking supplies in it. Oh. You might be able to afford that. <laughs> I would buy that for you if I won the lottery. Yeah. I would oh, thanks. I have like six different kinds of flowers that are just shoved into little nooks and crannies because I don't have anywhere to put them. And then I can't find them when I need them and I go buy another bag of like bread flour or something. And I'm like, God damn it. Why do I have all this bread flour? <laughs> it's a problem. I've done that. Yeah. We can solve that. 1.6 billion. We'll get on that. Okay, I good. do that with capers, and every time I'm at the store, I'm like, do I have capers? Now I have six things of capers in of my course, fridge. Of course, of course. Because why would capers be something that you have on hand? You wouldn't. I don't know. You wouldn't. Um, well, <clears throat> they talk for a little bit about how the lottery, winning the lottery is supposed to make people unhappy, but in truth, lottery winners are happier. And they say that um, money doesn't make you happy, but my opinion is it really can help, though. Mm-hmm. It can take care of some definite problems. It can give you a lot of freedom and choices. Yeah. If you're a miserable person, though, it's not going to make you not a miserable no. person. Right. Well, no, no. It, it can take care of some things that are on the lower level of like Maslow's mm-hmm. hierarchy of needs. Yeah. But it's not going to get worry about to worry about your used car payment. Yep. No, that's off the, that's off the table. And the papers just love to write those stories about the guy who won $300 million and, you know, now his life is shit and he lost it all and he's getting divorced and whatever. But they don't they don't write about the people that understand how to manage money and right. keep a yeah. low profile and have a good life. There are a lot of dumb people in the world. A yep. lot of dumb people play the lottery. And that means a lot of dumb people win the lottery. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't make them less dumb and doesn't make their decision making process good. You know, yep, that's just the way it is. But uh, uh, all in all, uh, better to have money than not have any money. Yeah, agreed. Um, I wonder if you win a lot of money for winning the Tetris World Championships. <laughs> I did not I hope so. research that, but I don't think there's a lot of meat on this story. Really, it just needed to be an excuse for Andrew to play the Tetris themes from his yeah. Game Boy and for them to play a little bit of audio of the play-by-play announcers getting super excited about the long brick or whatever it was called. I forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they the talk a little bit about Tetris strategy. Tetris is very stressful for me. A lot of video games are super stressful mm-hmm. for me because if I play them, I, you know, I play them for 
too long and then I try to go to sleep and I'm playing them in my mind still and I'm not doing well. I never do well when I'm, you know, trying to fall asleep and playing Tetris in my mind. Things go <laughs> things go awry and it's it's stressful, you know. I'm, yeah, I'm te- better at it Tetris in reality than anxious. I am in my brain. Yeah, it makes yeah. me anxious, yeah. It's not a fun, I, I, I will play it for a little while and then I'm like, why am I doing this thing that makes me feel so anxious? Right, um, your heart the beat starts to yeah. go up. You start to sweat a little bit. Well, and the, <laughs> like, the te- oh, oh, you know oh. the speed increases and the music goes faster. It's designed to do that to you. Um, and and the only way to be really good at Tetris out. is to shoot the moon, basically. So to create a total mess for mm-hmm. yourself and hope that you get a long rectangle <laughs> right, in time right. to get a bunch of Tetrises. But then they keep spitting out those little those little you get those uh, dumb little S shaped ones that don't yeah, do any yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> Like 20 of those in a row. When I'm trying to fall asleep, it just keeps dropping an, <laughs> an orange, you know, S over and over. I'm like, I, I got nowhere to put that. What are you doing to me? Oh, God. Okay. we. I don't want to stress you out anymore, Mike. We better move on to emails. <sighs> oh, yeah. Meredith is stressed out too, Sorry. I can tell. Yeah, this let's is, get yeah, it. Not good. Um, well, this. we get an email from Farmer Bryce who says that pigs are dirty, not clean. Um, I can not with that, that attitude, Bryce. <laughs> And an email from listener David that is very long. That's about the science of microwaves. That's great. I don't think that Luke understood any of it, but it was nice that you tried, David. Um, Andrew irritated me at this point because he said there were more emails, but he figured that they should save them for another show so that they could give them the time they deserved. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, but you never come back to them. I would rather you just mention them and at least address it than pretending you're going to come back to them later. I don't think they did any more emails the rest of the week, did they? Nope, I don't think they did. <sighs> All right. I tried to listen to the No Point Conversion. I uh, I pulled the ripcord 16 minutes before the end. So if there was anything in the last 16 minutes, Mike, you'll have to cover that. But um, Rudy understands that No Mountain Too Tall means that the show is ending, so she gets a little bit upset when they go into No Point Conversion. Join the club, Rudy. Join the club. (laughs) (laughs) There was no Seahawks game, so they got to talk about the Browns for a glorious 45 minutes or whatever it was, and uh, something is rotten in the state of Cleveland, as I put in my notes, uh, and that is that... I think the Browns got a little taste of what it might be like to be a competent football team. And that really (laughs) just upset all the fans now that they're (laughs) not doing so well. Back when the Browns were O and infinity, uh, nobody expected them to win. But now that there is a chance of that, people are really upset when they don't win. They're just a run-of-the-mill shitty team now. Yeah, that sort of seems to underlie all of the comments in this um a wolverine is not a good coach by wolverine i mean hugh jackman and by hugh jackman i mean hugh jackson because i still can't keep that straight <laughs> um and andrew says that the browns always get screwed on the calls which sounds remarkably like what luke says about the Seahawks. <laughs> uh, and that's probably enough for monday uh meredith right. i'm really sorry i'm screwing up your notes yeah uh, i see very- that there is a, uh, there's, I'm under Do attack. a control Z there, buddy. Uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's get out of that. There, there you go. we go. Sorry. He, uh, he, he changed that. one of the lines in my, in my notes to a bunch of nines. <laughs> I mean, that might be more interesting than what, what, what uh, went on today. Nothing um, to do with my hangover, mostly to do with, no. uh, William Percival 
easily Junior the mm-hmm. third. He sent, uh, yeah, Bear has sent a couple um, unfortunate emails on my behalf because <laughs> he really loves my keyboard. Yeah. Well, your keyboard lights up. It's so cool. It does. And it, oh, it's yeah, a mechanical yeah. keyboard, so it clicks, and he loves the sound of it, so he'll just walk back and forth across the keyboard. <laughs> click, click, click. It's an attractive nuisance. Yep. Um, Tuesday is 2755 Fine Young ow, Cannabis. Percy. <laughs> My hand's being bit, bitten. You need, to, you need to shake your hand until that kitten flies across the room and your finger's <laughs> bleeding. <laughs> Maybe you just need to uh, prepare like a boxer. You, can, you need to wrap your fingers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. there's a whole thing about teaching kittens not that your hands are not toys. <laughs> because that's, you know, they, they will, they're fun. They've got little movie parts on them and stuff. They oh, want to yeah. attack them. So you <laughs> have to redirect. Wiggies. Yeah, you have to redirect with toys. So I've got lots of toys all over the place that are sometimes a suitable substitute for him. But he, he will always come back to attack my hands. And toes. We're getting to toes now, but I know you don't have to worry about Thank that. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Andrew is getting fan art from his role as a... I wrote Clam. Is that true? I don't yeah. remember. Okay. Yeah. He's uh, Mr. Clam, married to Mrs. What? What? She a goldfish? Goldfish. Goldfish, <laughs> and she forgot their uh, anniversary. That's just... So, that's fraught. That mixed marriage, that stuff. I don't know about that. I just don't buy that it's the woman that's forgetting the yeah, anniversary Yeah, it's usually dates. not that way. Yeah. cross-species dating i'm not into it oh yeah that's illegal still um he, but he kids are drawing him pictures which is adorable it's cute um of his of his role there um luke starts talking about the lost in larima podcast um again? because again because larima was literally decimated two fun words that we could talk about for ages <laughs> and luke learns the true meaning of that word and says that we've all been using it wrong and i would just say not all of us have no, that's true. You are a, a long time on this program explainer of the correct usage of decimal. I am. And I know that it's totally pedantic and dumb. And I've lost this war, I think, as you pointed out mm-hmm. in the chat, and that it, this is a losing battle. And I understand that. But I mean, 10 is right in the in the word there. It's ugh, whatever. Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be dying on this hill for sure. <laughs> no, you, you'll just lose one tenth of your forces on <laughs> yes one tenth of my my uh grammar uh anger will be gone um he talks about a bunch about a bunch of other podcasts that he likes and wonders if maybe it's bad that he's telling us other shows that we can listen to that are better than tbtl no. like we didn't know that already <laughs> luke um he mentions dax shepherd's podcast armchair expert and he says he likes it because he and dax are similar it sounds like i haven't mm-hmm. listened to it so i don't know if that's true oh he's yeah. such a dax and i'm such a you're Kristen. such a Kristen. yeah <laughs> and that brings him to the good P- place podcast which is something i've been meaning to listen to um, yeah me too because i've been mainlining good place as well um and and I love it when uh, the actors of a show are on the podcast about it. Like I listened to the West Wing podcast while do, I was. Do watching they the go West Wing. episode by episode on this one? Because I'll get started with that right away if that's the case. Because I I'm I haven't even finished season one, but because I don't want to get too I far. I don't know ahead of honestly. I haven't even my podcast life is so consumed by TBTL that I've got like mm-hmm. a graveyard of other podcasts sitting in my phone from last year, basically that I need to catch up on that I never will. So I I don't know if I'll be ever able to. Let's see. Good place. The podcast is what it's called. And it looks like there might be one for each show. 
I want to do a podcast about that podcast. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) They're up to like 32, episode 32, which makes sense. I'm going to give that a spin. Yeah. Um, uh, Emily's doing a lot of traveling now, so I get to listen to a lot of podcasts because I don't have to pretend to listen to it. You have a lot of earbud time. Yeah. Um, they start talking about the fine young cannibals and, um, spend about 15 minutes pretending that they were from Australia while everyone else is yelling at their phones that they are not from Australia. Whoever thought they were from Australia? I don't know. I, I can't even pretend to listen to the music talk anymore. I just can't. It's every day and it goes on so long and it makes no sense. This one was actually really interesting to me because... Uh, when that came out, um, I, I think the the song came out like in 88 and then in 89, it was on an album, a Fine Young Cannibals album, which my friend um, Hedegaard used to play a lot when we'd go on road trips. And that that song is, you know, it's an earbud and an earworm. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's an earworm that comes through your earbuds, although we didn't have earbuds back then. But um, at the same time, in 1989... Do you know what the best picture in Hollywood was in the Oscars in 1989 was? Hmm. Driving Miss Daisy. He drives uh. Miss Daisy <laughs> like no one has. I mean, John and I had an entire, we rewrote the entire song with He Drives Miss Daisy. Yeah. And now whenever I hear that song, all of it comes rushing back to me and I have to, you know, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm never getting this out of my goddamn head now because we sang this. On a, we drove all the way to San Diego singing He Drives Miss Daisy, you know, writing down all the lyrics. And uh, and and so they they pretty much that was pretty much my Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday. It was um, just hanging around the house doing chores, singing He Drives Miss Daisy. <laughs> That is a really good earworm. Well, it's funny that they got this so wrong because then they go on to talk about, or at least Luke does, about what a music snob he is or was. Um, and the, the, they go through uh, various stages of snobbery, including music, cheese, food, and wine um, in uh, descending order of how much mm-hmm. they like them. Um, so Luke says that a lot of his identity used to be tied up in knowing all the indie bands and knowing what was cool and knowing stuff that everybody else didn't know, Uh um, which is a pretty thin uh, thing to hang your personality on. But he's definitely uh, come around on that and admitted to that. Um, And I think he still has some of it because whenever he um, learns about a cool band from Addy, he he seems a little sheepish about it. Mm. Right. That he wasn't the one to find out about it somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the thing about the the music snobbery, and for me, it's like sports. Um, there's always going to be somebody who knows more than you. Mm-hmm. Like, like I I I know more about sports than 99.9% of the people in the world. But I can turn on my TV and see a hundred people on TV that know more than me. You know, and it's the the same thing with music, and also like a, as an athlete, like you can be a great athlete you're not even close to being a pro, you know, uh, it's a, uh, you have to recognize uh, it's, it's a humility thing. Really it's you have to say, okay, I know stuff and then people will come to me for information, but please know that if you really want to know something, 
I'll I'll send you to the right person. And in mm-hmm. in uh, Luke's life, I think um, Ben Steele, um, who used to write for one of those, um, I forget the name of it, but uh, like the Glow Stick or some stupid name for the place that reviews all the new music. And like Luke would know all this about music, but then he'd have Ben Steele on. This is back in the radio days. And Ben, Ben knew more. Ben knew a lot more. And probably someone knew a lot more than Ben. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, we can be snobs all we want, but we have to realize that uh, at some point you're someone's going to be able to pull your pants down and say, ha, you don't know. You don't know this. You don't know that. And well, he's and at the point fine. now where he just he's out of it. You know, he's just not in the game anymore. It's fine to not know everything and to not be the yeah. best at everything. Mm-hmm. Um, he he did he was talking about this with karaoke, too. You know he yeah. doesn't want to be oh, the yeah. worst in the room. Oh, that's later oh. in the day, but um, he kind of wants to be the best, even though he says he doesn't really want to be the best. <laughs> so he wants to be the best at, at knowing music, but he isn't, and that kind of upsets him. Well, um, and he the, he actually he wants to take a shortcut to being the best because, as Hillary has pointed out very accurately. Uh, Luke is the kind of person that like knows two things about everything, mm-hmm. but when you try to get a little deeper than that, he's kind of mm-hmm. caught with his pants down, so to speak. So um, he do- he kind of tries to fake fake it a little bit, I think. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, they talk about uh, uh, cheese plates and how um, how they make Andrew kind of angry. Um, and actually I'm getting, I get their, their discussion about this confused with one from my brother, my brother and me this week. They also had a cheese plate discussion about how, um, how awful it is to pretend to enjoy some disgusting, smelly cheese. Um, so I don't fully remember where they came down on this. I think that they were not into it. I don't remember remember any discussion about (laughs) cheese plate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe I am superimposed it from from Mabim Bam. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not That's remembering very that possible. Well, they did talk about cheese because Andrew yes. was they were at yes. a pizza place and Andrew said he didn't want any fancy cheese. So maybe that's where I got that from. And I, yeah, I probably added the cheese plate stuff from Mabim Bam. Um, and we're talking about like a sprinkle of cheese on like you know some pizza that has like arugula on it, and they just put a little. They put a little ricotta or like yeah. some balls of mozzarella instead of shredded Jesus mozzarella. Jesus Christ, dude, just. And he can't handle it. And he said something about that. And um, I guess uh, someone else lightly teased him about it at this lunch. And then Luke amplified it and made it worse. Yeah, like Luke leapt to his defense. Don't you make fun of my friend Andy about cheese. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone was like, whoa, dude. They did have a wine snobbery discussion, right? Like they don't want to be in a room talking about and tasting and discussing wine and how it tastes. Or did I, I make yeah, that up too? Andrew was talking about how when he goes places with people, he just doesn't want to talk about that stuff. And that's yeah, like the fine. ingredients and the way things are cooked and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that stuff, you know? Sure. I like to cook and cooking is interesting to me. I'll watch cooking shows all day. I don't know. It doesn't... I don't I don't see his opposition here, but whatever. He doesn't have to. Um, people who talk about wine can be kind of insufferable, but like that's not anything that just anyone is expected to be able to do. You have to learn. There's mm-hmm. some training involved in that, and I kind of feel like some of it's bullshit and some of it's not. Um, well, nobody can – like I talked about sports. We talked about music, and now we're talking about wine and cheese. Like you have to pick a lane because nobody – 
has the capacity to be experts in more than two of these things at the yeah. most. Yeah. You know, so just listen and gather, you know, think about what they said. And, you know, maybe it's useful to you. Maybe it's not. But don't get mad. You know, they're passionate about wine. I'm passionate about this goddamn football game I'm watching, you know? Uh, yeah, you don't have to take it personally. It's not right. an insult if you don't know it, what they know. It's not, wine's not for me. Football's not for you. It's cool. That's fine. Yeah. Um, they do go on to a little bit of karaoke and security, which I talked about. Um, and they bring up that at the Live Wire season finale party, they went to karaoke, and it sounds like somebody did a screamo version of Wrecking Ball, which sounds nope. terrible. And one of them makes a point that how is that an enjoyable sound? And I can't answer that because I don't Mm-mm. get it either. Karaoke trap doors. I'm in favor. <laughs> if the majority in the room, <laughs> you know, if you have 51% trap door, you're gone. It just slides you out to the alley. It doesn't like kill you or take you to any laser sharks or anything. It just. You have to pay the cover to get back in if you really want <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, right. Uh, you can get back in line and do an- try another Screamo thing and see if, yeah. see, if, uh, see if you don't get slid back into the alley. They talk a little bit about moshing. Um, not knowing what it is or why people oh. do it, I think. Andrew maybe did it a little bit. Or no, one of them did. Luke did it. Yeah. But which doesn't surprise me because it was a look at me thing in the in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get up front and you get to, you know, it's like, eh, I'm oh, the, yeah. the center of attention. Because the music was usually so terrible that, you know, it was like, <laughs> okay, well, who's dancing around? Let's look at those people. Isn't it just an excuse for people to grab your junk while they pass you oh. around? I right? mean, I used to do Maybe it. Maybe I should have been doing it then. Are you talking about crowd surfing? I guess. I'm conflating yeah, I think them she's talking about mind. crowd surfing. There was mosh. some of that. Sure. I, I used to go to a lot of terrible punk shows when I was a teenager. And so there was a lot of moshing. And it is something where you're just like, where you get really into it and you want to smash yourself around onto other people Mm -hmm. but there wasn't really any like it was surprisingly civil i was always surprised like if somebody fell down everybody would stop and and help you up and make sure you were okay like Mm -hmm. no one's trying to actually hurt anyone and if somebody was the whole crowd would turn on them and make them leave (laughs) um it was pretty great usually um and it's fun i guess when you're a teenager i would absolutely not do it anymore i would probably break (laughs) my neck um Oh, she fell down. Let me help you up. But while I do, let me let me get a let me get a little. <laughs> I think there's a lot of that with crowd surfing, which I never did because of that right. exact reason. It's like you're just asking right. people to grab your butt. <laughs> uh, yeah. No thanks. Yeah. Um, the top story I guess for today is um, a report from something called Action on Salt that says that imitation meat has more sodium than real beef, um, and this goes along because uh, Luke is thinks he's becoming a vegan (laughs) Mm. and he's very proud of himself for having an impossible burger at red robin and uh he is saying that he would give up basically everything he would give up alcohol coffee um whatever before he gave up salt and i don't know if this is true i haven't really looked into it it looks like the uh impossible burger has about 470 milligrams of sodium wherein uh lean beef patty has 82 can you give up salt? I mean, salt is everywhere. It's in everything. Well, so. and you shouldn't. I mean, you need it, right? Like, right. I think he means you give up extra salt. I think that's what they're uh, talking about. Saltiness. Give up saltiness? Sure. I could never give that up because I'm always pretty salty. <laughs> you are salty. 
Well, during this discussion, Luke said that whatever thing he read from Action on Salt or whatever said that a veggie burger has 90 grams of salt. And I was like, "Uh, I hope that was just a misstatement because uh, that's, again, showing Luke's uh, lack of knowledge about the size of a gram and nutritional information. Insane. That would would be mostly salt. An incredible (laughs) amount of salt. I did. I looked it up. You come back from um, the bathroom and there would be a deer licking your. Yeah. Yeah. I found a website that said in general, veggie burgers have 0.89 grams of salt. And I was like, okay, that's more like it. That makes more sense. Yeah. I mean, they do have to add more salt to fake meat because fake meat doesn't taste good. Right. Um, Right. And the things that you add to stuff to make it taste good are salt and fat. (laughs) Right. So (laughs) it doesn't surprise me. Turns out just a soy patty is uh, doesn't uh, doesn't taste fantastic. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is you don't really have to worry about salt unless you already have high blood pressure. That seems to be the case uh, given our current scientific knowledge. So it's nothing he needs to get upset about unless he has high blood pressure, which I'm sure we would know about if he did. Yep. Oh, I was so glad, you know, after I got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, I one of the things, you know, was getting my weight down and getting my blood pressure down. And as soon as it was down, I was like, all right, <clears throat> bring it on. Game on yes. with the salt. <laughs> bring on the 90 gram burger. Um, they talk a little bit about an article that Edith Zimmerman wrote about waking up early, and they say that they're going to try it for a week once they get back from their East Coast adventures, keep that time zone change rolling, and I have zero faith that this will continue for more than a couple of days. It's oh, such yeah. a no-shit Sherlock concept. It too. is, yeah. You know, like, oh, I rolled out of bed at 1045. Turns out my day wasn't as productive uh, as I as I hoped it would be. Of course, of course not. Of- and yeah, it's one forty-five on the East Coast if you're working with people across the country. <laughs> uh, of course you're going to be stressed out. Um, mm. I'm kind of naturally a morning person as much as I hate to say that. I think it's just sort of true. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like to wake up early, but I'm absolutely more productive in the morning than I am in the afternoon. At about 2 o'clock, I hit a wall, um, and I'm kind of useless after that. Yeah. But maybe that's just because you got up so early. It's possible, but I Luke can't sleep good- in. So. point that um that uh it's really awful to wake up early and and i i agree i hate waking up early but it's just a few minutes if uh-huh. you mm-hmm. if you get up and then you get your shower it's like everything's fine yes but but those 10 minutes or whatever it is is so awful <laughs> that you just don't want to do it you know what i mean mm-hmm. the rewards are there for sure uh, but you just need to power you have through to get over it. that hump. It's hard. I always mm-hmm. say that I am neither an early bird nor a night owl. I just need to find a bird that's somewhere in the middle. Yeah. That I can <laughs> use to describe that's myself. <laughs> that's all I've got for Tuesday. All right. Wednesday, 2756. TBTL pedagogy. Is that how it's pronounced? Pedagogy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Pedagogy part one. The Prodigal Cat. This is the first of the pre-recorded shows that uh, are supposedly dedicated to uh, TBTL Pet Talk. But uh, this first one is mostly dominated by Andrew talking about getting a new refrigerator, which is going to happen uh, after the recordings are done. Uh, and he tells a story about how the, the 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 guy who installed the dishwasher was telling Andrew about his divorce and Andrew is really uneasy with this kind of 
talk uh, when someone's in his home or when he's in a Lyft or Uber or whatever. Um, this guy was was talking about his divorce and, and Andrew was afraid it was going to slip into like men's rights activist talk or whatever. I actually, and it was reinforced by my Lyft experiences yesterday, I like talking to people, you know, and until they prove themselves an asshole, which happens, um, I enjoy just the interactions with with the with the people that um, come and work in our home or that take me somewhere or, you know, um, I do, too. Usually I was a little irritated at him. It's like these are human beings. You can have yeah. a human being conversation with them just because they're there to do a service for you. Doesn't mean you can't talk to them. <laughs> Yeah, I think it gets uh, to, to me, it only gets into uncomfortable territory. And, and this is where I'm going to, you know, play a, a, a white privilege card. Um, as a white male, uh, middle aged to older white male, and especially in Texas, uh, a lot of there's some conspiratorial. Oh, um, yes. Where white guys will say things and assume that I agree with them. Yep. It's and like, oh, we're alone now. I can say what I really think. Yeah, that's yes. when I shut down. Yep. That's when I shut down. That is gross. Um, I call it white guy confidant syndrome. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I don't feel the responsibility to like say that's offensive to me or whatever, but I just shut, I just shut it down. You know, I'm not going to change their mind and I'll right. just be some asshole that they picked up or, you know, who, who. Uh, some asshole whose dishwasher was busted. Sure, I've had I've had that kind of uncomfortable experience. I think usually in a lift where where somebody is uh, spouting something I really don't agree with, and and I have kind of learned how to engage them in a way that lets them know I don't agree, but that I'm not hostile to them because yeah, I'm yeah. a passenger in their car. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like I, I'm not. I don't want to make these people angry. But right. I'll be like, you know, I kind of, this is kind of how I feel about, like, that's how I do it. I kind of very indirectly be like, this is, this is what I think about that. And here's why. Mm-hmm. And then we, I feel like then they're kind of not on the defense about it. it. And it's beside the point that they shouldn't be talking about these things in a car anyway. Because, um, you know, especially in Texas, it was like a lot of heated political discussions about oh, the cops yeah. um, generally is what what it would come up to. Um but I, I, I feel like it's important to keep yourself safe in those situations, especially if you're just in somebody's car all by yourself. Um, but I don't know if I could live with myself if I just went along with it. So that's kind of the solution I've come up with. I think Andrew was talking about uh, getting a ride uh, when he was living in L.A. and lived in Koreatown. Uh, he had a, uh, a driver who... Um, had some disparaging things to say about uh, the Koreans who had the nerve to move into Koreatown. Right. Um, I mean, a, a great comeback there is to say like, uh, hey, oh, my wife's Korean. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. there goes your tip, bro. Sorry. Um, Andrew is proud of the uh, the latest generation of people and their attitudes. Um, we got a... Uh, we got a pessimistic, sadly pessimistic, throw your phone from uh, Sam uh, in Vancouver. She says, uh, listening to Luke and Andrew praise my slash Addie's generation, I'd love to be able to agree with this. And yet as a returning uni student, uh, I think she means university, 
Um, it's Canadian for university. Yeah, uni, uh, <laughs> grade 12 or grade 13. That's university, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, can reflect on my current group project where young men keep telling me to smile while they don't work and compare group projects to hand jobs, i.e. you do it better yourself. You better do it yourself. Sorry. Uh, throwing all the phones because hashtag the patriarchy endures. Um, sorry, Sam. Yeah. I'm sorry for, I'm sorry this is Those happening. Those people are to always going to exist. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, in my notes, I say, are they ever going to get to the theme? Nope. We are past the halfway mark of <laughs> <Nope>. the show. <laughs> They play Martha, my dear, uh, Paul McCartney song, or sorry, a Beatles song from 1965. Uh, that um, they say that um, John Lennon was surprised at how tender and cuddly Paul was around his pets. Apparently, maybe he was a cold person in some ways or something. I didn't know that about Paul McCartney, but I mean, some people will, re- will really surprise you. You know, they might have a little prickly exterior. Um, I'm not going to say Emily, my wife, is prickly, but she, she, she's edgy. And when she's around the pets, she's a puddle. And so you <laughs> get to know that, that uh, you know, how soft these people really are. And it's, it's really endearing. Luke had few pets as a kid, so I don't know why they're even doing this theme. <laughs> um, a- Andrew had barn cats, which is, you know, they're, they aren't really pets. They're just predators you set loose on your property mm-hmm. uh andrew andrew uh i'm sorry I, I i have trouble with this one note but i know they had a sickly poodle named spike who disappeared and they didn't even know it disappeared till their parents explained to them why spike disappeared because he was gone um and he wasn't that heartbroken about it because he wasn't close with the dog at all. I guess it was a, it was just a, uh, something that was just around the house that he never connected with. And Luke asks if Andrew's dad killed the dog. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I, I had that thought myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if Bob took it out behind the barn and oh just, my yeah, God. did Who the deed. do that? I just couldn't do that. I couldn't either. I mean, I guess I could if, I don't know. I don't even want to. I'm only this is what when I saw that they were doing pet talk for the rest of the week, I just my heart sank because I knew that you can't do this without having a bunch of stories of pets dying. Mm-hmm. You can't talk about your past pets because it always comes up with how they died. It was a total bummer for me this whole week. <laughs> right. Yet waiting for the other um, dog to drop. Yes. Um, <laughs> Andrew had uh, two cats, Fred and Ethel. Ethel got hit by a car, and Andrew felt guilty because he always preferred Fred. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. You didn't ask the car to hit Ethel, yeah, buddy. Don't, it's not your fault. Don't Ed. worry about it. He was Catholic, um, right? What's the line from Goodwill Hunting? <laughs> it's, it's not, not your, your fault. fault. <laughs> it's not your fault, Andrew. Car's gonna hit uh, pets. My first pet. Um, well, not if you keep them inside, they won't. That's hmm. true. I I don't I I have no memories I have almost no memories from being a small child except for peeing in my cowboy boots and throwing them over the neighbor's fence. But uh, we had a dog named Thud. I'm told, <laughs> and he met his um 
his death because we lived at a very busy intersection in a way that you would imagine a dog yeah. named Thud would die. But uh, I have no emotions about it because I don't remember him. The Professor Bananas and Theodore reunion did not go well. I forgot about this. Um, Meredith, does, does that make sense? I mean, have you ever had a, a pet come back and and just not get a good reception because they smelled different or they had, they'd gone out into the world and had some experience that the other cats resented? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, one of them had to go to the vet and stay there for a couple of days. And when they came back, they smelled weird and the others were hissing at him. That, that huh. sounds like a thing. That sounds like a real thing. Yeah. Cause they, I mean, they recognize them by their scent. If they smell totally different, they don't fully recognize mm-hmm. them. Has anybody considered that it may not in fact be Theo? Maybe the alien an imposter, him and it's a it's an alien <laughs> cat is in his uh, place. Yeah, mm. you're well, a Theodore well. Truther, huh? <laughs> Maybe. I'm just saying. What makes sense, Meredith? You've never seen him in the same place at the same time. <laughs> Jet fuel can't melt steel beams, so nope. Uh, Luke is still not great with cats. He seems like he's still a little afraid of Olive. He was always <laughs> afraid of Pagoda. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess some people are just are just uneasy with certain types of animals. I've run so into on. this a lot with like people, like cable people, um, uh-huh. where I've learned now to say, "Are you okay with cats?" Because I've come across a lot of people who are like, "Get that thing away from me!" Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That's that's kind of nuts to me. I mean, me dogs, I can see it because they have the potential to kind of f you up if right. You know, and I guess cats cat, could, but yeah. if you're not doing anything to a cat, it's not just going to attack you out of nowhere. Usually, usually not. But um, I will I will tell you this: my my brother um, has always had a lot of cats, and there was a friend of his that um was you know um taking care of his cats while the the family was out of town and this guy i hate this guy by the way there's a lot of stories and i will tell on some future show about why i hate this guy but uh so i really was happy to hear this story (laughs) he 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 went over to to take care of the cats and one of the cats just attacked him and it wouldn't have been a big deal, but he was wearing shorts. And the cat just pretty much shredded his legs. Mm. And it was the best story I ever heard. I really <laughs> liked it. This guy's a yeah. fucking asshole. So <clears throat> uh, it can happen, I guess. But uh, if I'm wearing pants, I'm not too worried about a cat. Um, Olive is bonded to Rudy and they talk about the the circle of nagging in the household. And that's definitely a thing. Um, someone's always going to love someone more. You know, you, you, you really are in a relationship where people love each other equally. And that includes pets. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it just, it's just going to happen. I mean, we're, we all, you know, it's just a matter of not getting your feelings hurt. Like Olive, uh, Rudy may not love Olive as much as uh, Olive loves, loves Rudy, but, it doesn't hurt her feelings. So that's the important thing. As long as everyone feels like. Because they don't secure. have human emotions. Exactly. Right. <laughs> right? right? Uh, that They're talking about their house and the open concept. And has the open concept gone too far? That's an interesting thing because. <laughs> because. Man doesn't care. It's go, it, it, is, it does seem to be going that way. 
you know like our house here um it's pretty open but even with all the doors closed because of the wood floors and the fact that these are interior doors they're not heavy they're hollow doors uh everything seems open um audio wise if not visually (laughs) so uh there just seemed to be a day when when i was much younger where there was carpet and all the doors were closed and yet i've been i've been um i'm kind of wondering if this trend is reversing a little bit or maybe it's regional i don't know i've been looking um for my own house i want to buy a house probably within the next year or so and so i've been looking at um you know, there's tons of development and remodeling going on in Detroit, and there's a lot of really awesome older houses that have been rehabbed, and they aren't always doing the open, you know, they aren't blowing out all the walls and making everything open concept. And I'm kind of glad about that. Like, it's it's hard, because my problem is it's hard to decorate a house where there's one giant room because everything has to look okay together. Yeah. And that's really true. tough to do. Um, so the houses that I've been interested in have had kind of a more traditional layout and i hope it kind of keeps going that way um mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with having a a living room that's a living room <laughs> it's fine <laughs> yeah not everybody needs to be watching your tv show while you're watching it oh god yeah and then when your in-laws are in town and ed's watching a football game um you might as well be playing in the football game from 25 rooms away yeah because it's it's at 78 on the volume right uh, ha- uh houses have always been built around something starting with the fireplace to the radio to the tv and um uh, I'm, I'm i'm fine with that sure um mm-hmm. andrew and genevieve can't have a dog uh, andrew says I-, I i expected this to go in the direction of they can't have a dog because they have these older cats and it would be a hassle to integrate the dog but Andrew says it's because they they are not capable of taking care of the dog because they're too busy or not home. But Genevieve works five minutes from where she lives. And, and she Andrew, works a pretty predictable schedule, right? Like very she predict- crazy hours. No, no, it's a university. It's a nine to five yeah. job. And Andrew is literally home day <laughs> and night. Yeah. So I didn't get this argument at all. Get yourself a goddamn dog if you think the cats can handle it. Get yourself a dog. Treat yourself. Because I mean, it is hard to have a dog when you have to, when it can't be home alone or you have to make sure you get home at a certain mm-hmm. time to let it out. That is kind of a pain in the butt. And you have to take that in consideration. But with Andrew's job, I mean, that's almost what my life was like in Texas. I worked from home. That's the Ideal only reason I agreed ownership. to have a puppy is because I could deal I, with him. I goddamn deal. Yeah. I mean get a dog if you want a dog get a dog well i sort of felt like what he was saying was they can't have a dog because they don't want to quote unquote raise a dog in an apartment they would want a living space where they had a yard and being in the middle of the city in an apartment is sort of not the environment they want for a dog they're not in goddamn manhattan you know (laughs) i mean yeah you have you're they're gonna have to leash up the dog and take it for a walk a couple times a day Yep. That's kind of a pain in the butt. I did have, you know, when I first moved to Dallas, I had to leash up Molly four or five times a day and take her across the street um, to go to the bathroom. And that was a huge pain in the ass. So I'll give him that. All right. That's it for Wednesday. 
All right, Thursday, 2757 Pedagogy Part 2, New Hamster, damn. Oh, this hamster bullshit. Um, my notes say Pedagogy Part 2, maybe we'll talk about an animal today. <laughs> barely, barely, barely. Um, they started talking about how Andrew got a new fridge, and he's joking, quote-unquote, that he's currently stuck in it. Um, you never know. I guess, yeah. These are all pre-recorded. He might be. Um, they talk about... Uh, landlords and uh, uh, being a renter versus being a landlord and how great it is when you have a good tenant. I imagine, uh, I, I, I don't know how I would deal with having tenants. I, I would be like, I would probably be a helicopter landlord. And yeah, they would I would hate, hate it. And if you have a bad one, I mean, yeah, it just sounds like a nightmare. That's nothing I would really want to get involved in. Um, they talk about Seattle real estate, um, how the rent prices apparently are getting a little cheaper because they have a glut of apartments i guess that's good news although they say there's not a ton of affordable housing still which doesn't surprise me yeah the 2100 dollar uh rental is now 2050 right great <laughs> um somehow i don't know how we got on this but the bulk of the show is is spent talking about the roger miller um a track where he's whistling and it gets turned into the hamster dance dance song from like 2000 i believe what is it with luke and roger miller i don't know he is weirdly obsessed with roger miller and i <laughs> i remember his his enthusiasm was kind of infectious and i downloaded that album and i was like i don't get it it takes away a lot of his musical credibility <laughs> fine young cannibals fine roger miller mm-hmm. eh. well now he loves the Disney animated Robin Hood, and I do too. I am on that train. The mm-hmm. Roger Miller music in that. He's got some songs that are good. Uh, I will throw down with Luke on the Disney Robin Hood any day. Okay. How do you feel about the Garfield cartoon, though? Well, you know, it's fine. Garfield and Friends. Garfield I and Friends. I used to watch that. I think I was that. a little old for it, but I watched it. Do you remember the Anne Friend parts they had uh that they were all like barnyard animals and there was that one duck called wade that had an oh, inner yeah. tube that he wore yes. that had oh. a little duck head of himself on it mm-hmm. i loved name. him yeah that was a good show they do play the audio of season one episode one of the cartoon um because they wanted to um confirm that garfield's voice sounded the way that they thought it did and it absolutely did not so that was kind of weird because Garfield was doing a voice mocking Odie. Yeah. Though. Yeah. He <laughs> did have a sarcastic Luke. voice. Yep. I hate it when they do audio on the fly like this, especially of TV shows. Yep. Um, yep. Just the worst. Um, we did get a couple through your phones. This was the heaviest through your phone day. <laughs> uh, listener Angela says, Beach Blanket Bingo is not an Elvis song. And also, how dare Andrew imply Johnny Cash's version of Old Shep would be better than Elvis's. Elvis had one of the best voices of the last century, and Cash, well, he had a style. Um, <laughs> yeah, Johnny Cash had a lot of great points. Mm-hmm. Seems popular to shit on Elvis, and I don't know why. I mean... Well, I, I mean, this is part of Luke's music snobbery, right? You can't yes. appreciate anything that's popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was popular because it was really good. I mean, it was really fun. Yeah, and different at the time. Yeah. I mean, he yeah. was not the 50s Justin Bieber. It wasn't a fluke. Yep. You know? He was something totally different. Well, unless you were black. He just 
he bit a lot of style, but yeah. for white people, yeah. it was but, totally but different. But how, how else were we going to get that back then, you know? Yeah. How else were we going to learn about this you stuff? Google like, new music um, for cool kids. I I learned, I, I got into blues music because I started listening to George Thorogood, and then I was like, oh, well, these, these songs have been around a long time. Let me go listen to all this blues. And then I was like, oh, I like the blues. So, yeah, uh, Elvis introduced people to his style of music. And, and if you if you wanted to get into it, you could go dig into it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I get I get kind of mad when... I mean, I'm not an Elvis fan by any means, but I, shitting on Elvis, it just seems like a hipster thing to do. Yeah, especially in favor of Johnny Cash, because hipsters love to right. love Johnny Cash. right. Um, back to hamster talk. Uh, listener Sam wrote, "Launching my phone into the sun. How did the guys miss the hamster dance? Lots of excited marks and question marks, and in all caps. Um, am I going crazy, or was this just a Canadian thing? Because I can tell you that my nine-year-old self was obsessed with this rodent-loving phenomenon. No, Sam, you're not the only one. I also loved nope. hamster dance. I used to play it over and over and over. It was like, yeah, the, like they said, an er- early, early, early meme." Um, so you would send your friends links to the Hamsterdam's website on Instant Messenger, AOL Instant Messenger. <laughs> it was kind of like Rick rolling. Um, super fun. I used to love that song. Yeah, absolutely. And and I was not part of early meme culture or any of that stuff. And I knew what the Hamsterdam's was. I, I'm really surprised also, Sam, that at least one of them didn't know what the Hamsterdam's yeah. was. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Andrew was living in a panel van, apparently, um, <laughs> around that oh, time. Oh, my God. So I guess that, I guess that hair, surprised. though. That <laughs> hair. Something else. We're talking about his Twitter. If you guys haven't seen this picture, he put up oh of himself in front of yeah. a Dodge Caravan. Probably where he got his sofa from, would be my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't usually mention the donors, but I'm going to today because it was actually me for once. All I had to do was drop my donation down from a dazzling to a regular, and then they would mention me. <laughs> well, that can't be right. You don't get a shout out. <laughs> it was weird. And also, um, our buddy Colleen was a donor today, so I had to give her they, a shout out. They butchered her name, I think. Didn't they? Yes. I think so. Her last they name? They call her like Rosalie or something? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I'm sure, like me, she's used to having her last name butchered. Right. I think the spreadsheet right. is really compromised, guys, because Ooh, boy, I yeah. noticed that on Friday, all the last names started with W. So I think it got <laughs> alphabetized. And then I Somebody thought, well, of course, Van Harn the day before. Yep. Mm, interesting. Gosh, Anne, you're full of conspiracy theories <laughs> this week. Um, the tiny amount of actual pet talk we get today is that Andrew had a hamster named Tiny Tim they got for Christmas and it latched on to his mother's finger and she had to shake the Ooh. thing off and then uh, uh, Tiny Tim was drinking the drops of blood that she left behind oh man <laughs> and then she had a nightmare about it <laughs> hamsters Did are they name not him Tiny Tim after she uh, after she threw him across the room and he broke his legs he broke and his leg <laughs> good tiny crutches. little hamster crutches yeah I've had lots of hamsters in my life, and you do have to, they don't love to be handled right away. You have oh, to they get bite used you. to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they bite you. They I will got, definitely bit, bite you. Uh, I got bit by, by uh, I, I had hamsters when I was a kid. Um, uh, I had King Ferdinand and, uh, and uh, forget the queen's name, but uh, but 
uh yeah um they would they would bite me and it would make me mad when i was a kid and they didn't latch on but they would bite me and then i'd get so mad that i would squeeze them and their little eyes would yeah. bulge out yeah that's not nice <laughs> yeah we had um a pet uh we had a guinea pig or not a guinea pig a prairie dog yes a prairie dog for a little while wow. weird yeah it was super weird i don't know where it came from or how or why i was pretty young um but my dad uh brought home this enormous aquarium with a prairie dog in it because they liked to burrow and stuff and it was big yeah. enough for it to like build tunnels inside it was super cool my brother named it sir chubford mctubbillard because he was pretty fat <laughs> um, junior the third yeah kind of <laughs> and when uh he used to you know we would have him out and he would be he would play and, and run around in the kitchen and he was super fun uh, but one time my dad was picking him up to put him back in his cage and he bit him on the little part of skin between your thumb and your your pointer finger. Yeah. And now my dad gets weird lumps in his armpit every year um, for all oh. of eternity. And that was maybe 25 years ago. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Oh, Queen Queen Isabella. That was the... Oh, okay. Well, of course. Oh, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella. Mm-hmm. Um, I talked about a hamster that I had when Christy and I were doing the pet show that I... Uh, trained quote unquote trained to be a circus hamster that i made like jump through hoops and walk on a tightrope <laughs> and uh and she was very very ready for very the westminster hamster show sweet neighbor you're running yeah. you're running right you wear like a really a really stiff dress and you're running around <laughs> she was very stick. sweet natured and in fact i don't know i choose to believe she's still alive because we had to get sure. rid of her when we moved to switzerland because if you were going to take an animal you had to go through quarantine with it oh, and my parents yeah. were like we're not quarantining a hamster so i gave her to a friend <laughs> um but she was not the brightest animal because i had a cage i didn't have an aquarium cage for her i had a cage that had the little bars and i had a hamster wheel. prison Yep. Mm -hmm. I had a wheel that you actually fastened onto the side of the bars for her to run in. But and so she would get in the wheel and she would run and run and run and run. But then she would turn her head and chew on the bars like she was this was her digging her hole with a spoon behind her poster of (laughs) uh, Raquel Welch or whoever. (laughs) Right. The problem was that there was a crossbar on the wheel. And so every time the wheel went round, it whacked her in the side mm-hmm. of the head. Yeah. Oh. But she kept running and trying to chew at the same time. Oh, so no. the wheel went round and round and round and whacked her in the head over and over and over and over. Yeah, she's probably still alive. Yeah. Yep. And yeah. in fact, it ended up like shredding her left ear. It was oh. like totally in ribbons. She must have been in pain, but she couldn't figure out that she should just oh. stop running to get it. And I even like moved the wheel and tried to reorient it. So at least she would smash up the other side of the ear and like, <laughs> be Turn symmetrical. But yeah. she just kept doing it and doing it. And she, in fact, chewed through several of the bars. I had to move it around the cage so that she wouldn't uh, make a spot big enough to get through. Aw. They're little escape artists. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. I had one of those rolly balls, you know, that you can put Mm -hmm. them in the the ball and they'll run around the house for my hamster. I had a hamster named Spike, also named Spike, um, for a really long time. He lived way longer than hamsters are supposed to live, I think. Um, And he used to just love that. He would love to terrorize the cats. He would run into the cats when they were sleeping (laughs) and just back up and run back into them again, just reverse and forward, reverse and forward until... Uh, they woke up and walked away because <laughs> they were afraid of him. <laughs> um, Luke does say that hamsters are the only acceptable rodent pet, and I got to disagree with that. 
Um, I've got a friend who has rats, and I know a lot of people get squicked out by rats as pets, but they are so loving. Like, they have personalities, and they love to be held by her, and they all do different things, and um, she's totally smitten with them, and I think that's great. I think guinea pigs are great. Mm -hmm. I just need the rodents to be a little bit bigger. Like, gerbils are so small and so quick. Yeah. That, and mm-hmm. I know dwarf hamsters, those itty bitty ones, I would just worry that they would get away from me somehow. You need mm-hmm. a nice fat, like, teddy bear hamster or something. Well, you can grab right. a rat by the tail, too, <laughs> yep. if you want. I've got a cat that has a rat tail right now, and uh, and believe me, I've I've grabbed his tail mm-hmm. to control him. It's a good handle. A long pink tail. Uh, <laughs> All right, uh, Friday. What's the show title here? I didn't. I didn't write it down. Um, Pedagogy Part Three, probably. Oh, Pedagogy yeah. Part, Pedagogy part three. part three. Whoops, it's gonna play. Uh, oh, it's not a tuba. Oh, it, yeah. Okay. Oh, God. Um, this I would. I will argue that this show was the lightest content in the history of any show in <laughs> TBTL. You it mean just, the 20 minutes on baby corns didn't really get you? <laughs> there is nothing in the show. So we're going to be wrapping up pretty quickly. Um, the They played the, the Casey Kasem Snuggles intro, which is always a nice piece of audio. Mm-hmm. It needs to get trotted out at least once a year. Um, it just tells you that uh, because someone has a great voice doesn't mean they're a great person. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's just... Uh, <laughs> That and the Larry King uh, deal. Um, yeah. need Those audio clips need to be coming out every year. Rudy is officially a third co-brogan of this show. <laughs> I felt really bad is, for her. This was so funny. It was one, the one time you can hear the thing that he's talking about, and it's Rudy right. just having a shit fit about Because food. we're on our, our fourth he said no mountain too tall three times at this point (laughs) she's not getting food and yeah i get it i mean it may be just two in the afternoon but um they they're they're not human they don't have human emotions but they hear cues they get that pavlov Uh, reaction for sure my god when emily closes her laptop it's like fred flintstone you know sliding down the dinosaur tail game on yeah, it's like, okay, what's next? Well, is it food? Well, you know, we're on to the next part of our day. So, like, she can't even close her laptop until she's actually done with work because the dogs will just go nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so Rudy is pretty much um, whining through the whole show. Not just whining. She has her own, like, a weird, like, yeah. Like a, it's like an, um, uh, an outboard motor that's not working properly <laughs> that you keep trying to start. Um, and he's been feeding her a bunch of, of carrots. And our dogs will eat carrots too, but it they're just eating it because they, you know, because that's what's being offered. It's sure. not something that they really, they really it's want. It's better than no food. <laughs> right. And Luke wonders if carrots are fine for dogs, which they are, but if, if he's going to, keep on being a dog owner and a pet owner and keep on feeding he feeding them snacks he might want to do the research in advance right because someday this isn't going to work out well 
He's going to give them some grapes, and yep. then they're yeah. going to be at the emergency then, vet. Yeah, be like, I wonder if it's okay for dogs to have grapes. Yeah. Okay. Well, you don't have to wonder anymore because now they're getting very sick, and yeah. now you have to. Now take you're them at to the emergency, emergency vet. vet. Uh, Luke is bagging on Eli Manning while eating uh, while eating his macadamia sweets. Oh, this was what made me mad. <laughs> I was hoping it was this. Oh, t- tell was, me more. Was that, you know, Andrew was talking about how baby carrots are bullshit for a long time. And I was like, okay, that's a weird hill to die on. Um, okay, first, wait, two things that made me mad. Now it's all coming back to me. Is <laughs> it's that, all flooding back. Yep. Andrew said that he didn't like eating carrots because he could feel all the points in his stomach after he ate them. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, oh. bud, maybe you better try chewing a little Chew bit more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's eating but carrot then, needles, basically. Right. But then they went on to talk about this macadamia nut thing. And so Luke was eating the chocolate covered macadamia nuts out of desperation, whatever some gift box that someone had brought back from Hawaii that was stashed in the back of the cupboard. You know, no shade for that, Luke. I have gone to some desperate measures. Oh, yeah. Totally cool. Um, But he said if it came to a choice between eating a bag of carrots and eating a box of chocolate covered macadamia nuts, he would eat the chocolate covered macadamia nuts because, quote, carrots have a lot of sugar. Oh my god! What? I just replaced this phone after the microwave talk. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unless those nuts are covered in baking chocolate, (laughs) I don't get his point here. And (laughs) next time you get upset, put your phone in the microwave, but only put it fifty percent because it might not. (laughs) But do it for ten minutes. All right. Uh, They talk about childhood uh, gardens and how you're much more likely to eat stuff out of your own garden. And, and, and there, this is a thing I think, because, uh, last time, um, my father-in-law was here, he planted a lot of stuff for us. And the other night I was making baked potatoes and, uh, I went out and got some green onions out of our, out of, out of these planters. And they're like at least 29% more delicious on, on, uh, on your baked potato than than stuff you buy in the store because it just feels like I'm living off the land. Look at me. I don't it know. is it's... fun. I used to have this. Uh, I used to get locked out of the house a lot because I was a latchkey kid. And um, when it was spring or fall, fall especially, um, I could sit on the picnic table and eat the the like string beans that they were growing. Mm-hmm. So I'd make myself a little pile of string beans and just wait until one of the parents got home. And I was like, I'm really that roughing it. Good. Here. That sounds good. I'm a survivalist. Right I'm gonna go out there and just shove my face into the arugula and just go for it. <laughs> there, we had take rhubarb the salad too, dressing and that outside a... with me. Rhubarb is fun because some of it's poison and some of it's not. I Ugh. know. I always heard that, and I was like, "Oh, it's like rolling the dice." <laughs> yep. When you're gonna eat some rhubarb. I do not like gardens because in our house, here was how it went. Dad would insist that we were going to plant a garden, and so he would go out and rototill everything and then plant the stuff, and then he would be like, okay, Gene, now it's your job to do all the weeding and all the watering <laughs> and stuff, and my mom would be like, I didn't sign up for this bullshit. Yeah. Nope. Kids, go out nope. and weed the garden, no. and um, there's a lot of mosquitoes in the fucking garden, and mosquitoes love Anne because I am plump 
and juicy and succulent and I smell good. And it is torture to go out in the garden in the summertime. Hey, it's the circle of life. Yeah. You get to eat the vegetables and they get to, the mosquitoes get to eat you. You move one big zucchini leaf to see if any zucchinis have sprouted overnight and a cloud of mosquitoes comes up and sucks me dry. And I don't like it. Is it Minnesota legendary for that because of lakes yes. and just standing yep. water everywhere? Michigan's it's pretty just... bad too. We had a yep. huge yeah. slug problem too. So I was forever bringing little dishes of beer out into the garden <laughs> to drown them because they like beer and then they fall in it and drown and die. Hmm. A waste <sighs> of beer. I mean, it does feel like having a home garden a lot of the time, especially in the Midwest, feels like putting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours of yep. effort mm-hmm. into getting like five tomatoes and then like 300 zucchinis that no one's ever going to eat. Right. right. Oh, yeah. Been... People are like pushing zucchinis all over the neighborhood. Like, do you want some? Do you want some? Do you want oh, some? Oh, they're no. in the break room at work. Yep. Like yeah. constantly. It's like I've one of my friends used to say, if you have to buy zucchini at the store, you don't have any friends. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> true, true. Uh, Luke loves tiny corns. We, I think we've ta- <laughs> talked about this before. Yeah. Yes. Um, I think they're stupid. I think they're a waste of time. They don't really but, taste um, like anything. They're fine. No. I like them. Yeah. They add texture. It's fiber. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, well, I haven't had them with stir fry. So I guess I'm, I'm thinking about them in like a salad context and there's so much more other stuff. I'd rather have in my salad than those. Freddie Mercury loved cats. Uh, who could have thought that 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 would be a thing that a gay man would love cats and be committed to cats? That was the least surprising news of Friday. Um, Andrew talks about his childhood home and how he had a how it always smelled like manure because they had animals around the house. But one particular day, it smelled particularly bad, and that was because he had. Um, been messing around under the picnic table outside the house and his hair um, that glorious head of of hair that he used to have that uh, wow he could have done different things with I think than <laughs> than, than, than what he did was uh, covered with duck poop and so it was Ugh. his hair that smelled like manure Gross. and it was following him around <laughs> because it was in his hair there is not a lot that's more disgusting in this world than bird poop yeah. It's bad. It's bad. I, I had a bird um, back when I was working uh, for Papa John's. I was out. I was doing some event and I was outside and I was like, I ended up like underneath a power line where there were some birds and one of them took a huge shit on my head. <laughs> and I've never been happier to have been a, uh, a voluntary baldy. Than... They have amazing aim when it comes to that stuff. It just got me, and I was like, "All right, all right, fucker, I've been shaving my head for a reason, and that and that reason is now because I'm going to go clean this up, and this never happened. We're not going to speak of this, are we? Are we, sir?" And uh, so I got over it, but yeah, I did get shit on by a bird really hard that one time. <laughs> Andrew talks about how his dad was always at war with the ducks that were I hanging around it. their house. Yeah. That's my stepdad and squirrels, because my mom and stepdad really love to feed the birds. And, uh-huh. you know, squirrels will, will stop at nothing to eat all your bird seed. 
and uh, yeah. they already spend a small fortune on bird seed as it is. So whenever there's a squirrel, yeah, my stepdad's eyes will light up and he'll get up and he'll take <laughs> off his slipper and, and yell and a... or send my nephew after it. He'll do that a lot of time. Victor, go get the squirrels. Uh-huh. Um, and he, he's learned, he taught him from a very early age to chase the squirrels away. We kind of have that on a, on a scale here. Um, when Edith will start uh, scratching furniture, you know, um, cause she has scratch pads everywhere, but once in a while she'll just go back to scratching the furniture. Emily has trained Abby to the point where when Abby hears that scratching, she just gets up from a dead sleep and, and goes on a mission to try to kill Edith. Yes. Wow. Molly used to do that and I didn't train her. She just, you know, she was such a sweetheart and wanted to please us so much that she noticed that I was, shooing them away so she would run up and kind of nudge them away and put herself between them and the couch (laughs) yeah abby's like a flying monkey you know who gets deployed by the wicked witch of manshack and just flies out after edith and (laughs) and edith will just go running running for the hills so yeah it's a thing and it's good um luke tells the shop cat story again this mm-hmm. might be the one of the most retold stories. God, yep. I know. <laughs> but uh, uh, that that's it. I mean, you might think that this was just like a typical Mike doesn't really take any notes. But um, there was nothing to take notes yeah, on. I think this you covered is it. it. <laughs> I think I think I was fucking thorough to have like four lines of notes <laughs> on this Friday show. I would agree. And then music for your weekend, thankfully, because it was on tape, no music for your weekend. So it's just, uh, he drives Miss Daisy. (laughs) Well, I think there's always a trade-off, right? Because we had to listen for three days to them arguing about what pet-related song they could play for the outro that wasn't really sad. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was like, this is off-air conversation, guys. Well, and did you listen? I forget which day it was, but one of the days they started a song and then they cut in. And they were like, this yep. is too sad. We need to change it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's like there was a Shep song, right? Immediately uh, about how a dog got sick and was dying. Like, oh, boy. All right. Well, let's let's move on to housekeeping. Um, you guys need to check out our merch on our website. There's a little sidebar that says shop. You can go there. You can get all your... Uh, your TBTL and your LRB merch. We've got uh, 10 decals, those window decals that everybody always wants for their cars. They're on sale right now. They're $2 off. So you need to buy some. I just was checking and I noticed that. So go get your 10 decal. Um, The archive project is still going on. Contact Christy. Just send her an email. and She'll get you hooked up with that. Um, When you are shopping on Amazon, please use our link. It's littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon, and it gives us a few pennies from each of your purchases, and it doesn't cost you anything. And it provides us with hours of entertainment. Hey, I was explaining that to uh, to, uh, Mike uh, Livingston uh, last night um, because he he loves the show and listens regularly. And he was like, well, how do you all... How are you are y'all going to be able to monetize what you're doing, you know? Cause like, um, I think he thinks because it's a fun, interesting show and it's funny and engaging that we somehow are going to reach a larger audience. Uh, you know, it's like <laughs> the show must be really growing. And I, I, I was, well, mm, we kind of have a limited 
a built-in <laughs> limit on our right. audience. Right. And so I was like, well, how we pay for our expenses is is people just go through our Amazon link and then, you know, we don't have to like shill on Jerry's berries, you know, to right. <laughs> try to, you know, get 20 people to use a promo code so we can get a dollar and a half. Only if we know? want to. <laughs> so I was saying it's a, it's a passive way and, and it just allows us to just keep doing this thing that we love to do, you know. But I think a lot of people think like, um, you know, are you in this to, to make money? Or, I mean, we were never in this to make money because there was never any chance to make money. Yeah. So the it's Amazon fine. thing is, it's, it's, um, it's, it's the least you can do. And it's also probably the most you should do because we don't, we don't need a, a crap ton of money. We just need enough money to keep this going. Don't discourage people from getting us out of a couple of the jams. <laughs> we use jam money for picnics. If you guys want picnics, we still need jam money. Oh, which, um, well, yeah, Hillary's sister was telling me what a great time she had at the picnic. Oh yeah. I met her in Seattle at the picnic. She's wonderful. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, also our, uh, sister podcast, Earbuds and Earworms, their latest show is about hand claps, songs with hand claps in them, which I love hand clap songs. I don't know what it is about them, but they're great. So go check that I out. I assume that they, uh, are covering the Friends theme song. If they didn't. Oh, then, wow. Uh, no, I'm going to have to be a part two. Yeah. <laughs> if you would like to get involved with the show, you can always visit our website, littleredbandwagon.com. And keep those emails coming to throwyourphone.com. Throw your phones, hug your phones, positive and negative, criticisms, praises, expressions of affection. We'll take them all and read them all and talk about them all. You can check out our Facebook page. We've had some pet pictures up there. So um, see what's going on there. The show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can send us longer emails at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. And uh, send us a voicemail. They, they are great, as we've seen this mm-hmm. week. Or text us at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. And if you'd like to fax something ridiculous to Bobby, please do at 617-354-8513. And with that, Meredith, why don't you get us out of here? Until next time, this is The Next Party. Jen, I'm just about to hoist a... Hair of the dog, Bloody Mary, in your (laughs) honor. Cheers. Nailed it. Jen knows from Hair of the Dog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a big part of her repertoire. If you feel <laughs> crappy, Mike, you, you're hiding it well. You sound great. Oh, I do feel crappy. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hair of the Dog might not be the worst idea. Take a nap. Oh, my God. I have to, I have to check the inventory. Yeah. I, I know we have some vodka. I, I don't know what else we have, so we'll see. Oof. That was fun, though.